Hello and welcome to Connected, a podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. Hi, I'm Sue Uniman, Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And joining us in the room is Roly Bourne. How are you doing, Roly? Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, Roly Bourne is the co-founder of Resonance, a company creating value through human engagement, as well as being a Forbes contributor, ex-city boy and an ultra-distance athlete. Well, I've got, I've got to ask what that means, by the way. So human engagement, aren't we all in the business of human engagement? Yes, what a good question. Um, So I would sit there and say um, very few people can prove that a human actually looked at and engaged with um, their product. Um, And so we do that by getting consumers to answer a question on an advert before they get to continue reading the article they wanted to read. And so... The idea is. So you're creating a a business model for online publishing? Exactly. Um, Human attention as the currency for payment rather than trying to get consumers to pay on an article by article or monthly subscription, which, unless you're the Financial Times or a Bloomberg terminal, you you might struggle to achieve um, a monthly payment. So we've all been asked those questions and um, probably been slightly irritated by them, but we know now that it's for good, right? Um, So you worked in the past for Ernst Young and Citigroup and in mergers and acquisitions. Why abandon that uh, great lifestyle to fight it out as a tech star? <laughs> great lifestyle. Um, push and pull factors. If I think about the push factors, uh, I wasn't such a great lifestyle. I was in central London missing every party known to man because I was stuck in the office. Six, seven days a week, uh, eating takeaway at my desk every day. So unless lifestyle is watching your bank balance increase, um, there was Which more to it. some people think it is. Yeah, I felt there was more to it than that. Um, How long were you uh, three uh, at Citigroup, three years at Ernst and Young, five years. Right. I, I trained as an accountant. I did the global integration of Gillette and Weller into P and G, um, which again I just sat on an aeroplane. Uh, and then at, at City, it was technology and media and telecoms, and and that's actually where the pull factor came. I was sitting in rooms with Sir Martin Sorrell. Uh, four or five years ago, listening to how uh, print, TV and outdoor was um, a medium well understood and truly valued um, by the industry. But digital was clearly um, at at the forefront of everyone's mind and no one knew how to value it. Um, And actually, I was then going to meetings with Dame Marjorie Scardino, who was running Pearson and the, uh, the DMGT team. And they were having the similar challenges of how they found a business model for charging for editorial media. Now, the FT has gone on to find a million users who will pay for that, but yeah. I would argue its closest competitor is a Bloomberg or Reuters terminal that costs $20,000 a year, mm. whereas when the Mail Online considers a paywall, it would take great heed from what The Sun tried to do when it lost 25 million readers overnight and took 12 months to get to 100,000. Mm. Um, and with that, you got free Spotify, free Sky Sports yeah. clips and everything. So um, I just thought, hang on, if every boardroom in London that I'm going into is having this debate and I have access to these boardrooms, um, I should go and solve that problem. So before we get on to the next question, how is your lifestyle? Are you at more Worse. <laughs> what? Worse, but the difference is I love it. Okay. And I, I am making the decisions, and I mean that in twofold. One, I'm making the decisions for the company, which is incredibly exhilarating. Um, but two, I'm making the decision when to work and when not to work. Whereas at City, it wasn't that I worked mm. every hour, it's mm. that I could be called upon to work any hour. Yeah. And that is incredibly unsettling versus wanting to work yeah. because you're excited. I get that. So why, I mean, you, you, you started to talk about it in the very first question, but why Resonance? Why their mission in particular? So 
simplicity. I, I looked at multiple di different business models for how we could find a value exchange for accessing quality content from setting up an app which was going to do a pay by the article and actually other companies have gone on to do that. There's one called Blendl. Um, I looked at uh, getting people to watch video um, in exchange before they could access the site. And I just thought actually consumers will do something as long as it doesn't take too much time yeah. in exchange for it. Now, pre-roll pre -roll works because you're probably going to watch some five-minute video content. But if you're about to read a quick article, you probably want to spend less than 5% of your time on the advertising experience and 95% on the editorial. And I think that's reflected by the fact that there are more people using Adblock Plus, just one of many ad blockers, mm -hmm. than, uh, than use Twitter, than use um, Snapchat, or even use TikTok. So... People have been doing a lot to avoid ads. I, I just think we need to give them a way to make it a more positive value exchange. Uh, and so that, that was where, where I went with Resonance. And I'm credited often with the genius who came up with Resonance, but I was just the noisiest one of the two of us. Prash, my co-founder, was an astrophysicist at Cambridge before becoming um, a hedge fund partner and then setting up Resonance with me. He, uh, he just quietly sits in the corner and. Um, gets on with it, whereas I'm the one who's always out banging the drums. So I take credit where credit is not due. Um, and um, he was the one who simply came up with the best way to prove someone had paid attention was get them to answer a question on it. And, and how long has it been going for? It feels a very long time. I think it's, it's coming up to five years. Five years, five years um, this uh, September, we joined uh, an accelerator called BBC Labs, and we started working with uh, Vodafone, Sky, um, Unilever, and in effect, a multitude of Group M clients gave us our gave us our break. And so you've you've had lots of experience and lots of adventures during the journey. What would you do differently if you were to if you were to start again, knowing what you do now? Stay in investment banking, I think, would be the <laughs> unit. no. I, I, I tease. Um, simplicity of message. We made it too complicated. We went out talking Don't about... Don't we all do that all the oh, time? And in hind and I look at politics at the moment thinking, oh, the, po the parties doing well are the ones who make it simple. Mm. And we, yeah. we, we got too excited about the complexity and actually we sh just needed one simple message. Maybe it was just viewability. All of our ads get seen. Or maybe it was something else. But uh, we went out talking about data, we went out about saving journalism, we went out talking about viewability, saving, uh, preventing fraud. Mm. Um, and then the other thing, which is also on that same point, is we created a bespoke product. And there is nothing worse to uh, customer adoption than having something bespoke. Having to explain time and time again how something works and each person needs to understand it in the supply chain. A video solution would have been a, a far better answer. And I have utmost respects to Teeds, who managed to take an existing asset, well understood commodity, and find a new placement for it. And th their rise is a reflection of having a, a clear, simple message and a well understood product. No, I just asked you, you're going to ask about sport now, Andrew. Strangely, uh, well, well, this is your favourite pet subject. It is my. It's my I think. I think that's more your question than mine. Oh, it's absolutely my question. <laughs> um, so I know on a personal level because I uh, attempted to do one with you and, and I failed and you you completed. So tell us what endurance events have you done? Why do you do them? But before you do that, don't you have a world record in something? No, I do not. Oh, is it broken? It has been broken. <laughs> oh, I am no. a I am a world record breaker. <laughs> 
Right. And, I've and that before. the nuances <laughs> are... Very, that's very specific. Yeah. Yes. No one else picks up on that. But um, I had a rec- world record for the marathon, uh, wow. uh, which is, is very impressive. And if you buy the Guinness Book of Records 2012, you'll see me next to some very fast runners. <laughs> The challenge is if you can find a copy, because I think I bought them all to give to my entire family. Um, But I have the world record, along, we were world record breakers, along with 55 other people to tie ourselves together to run a marathon. And it was tremendous fun uh, running around Paris, having a beautiful view with 30 people in front of me clearing the way. So I had a a sightseeing tour of Paris. um, Tied to 55 other people. it was hilarious. The one thing I got in trouble for was talking too much. Uh, other people were... How long did it take? Quite a while. Um, quite a while. It was four hours 30, I think. That's okay. fine, though. Uh, that's that's acceptable. Yeah. Ironically, it was that's fast. Not a walk. No. Yeah. Um, it was faster than I did the London Marathon the previous year, and right. I was on my own on that yeah. one. Um, but it was a, no, a, a lot of fun. And what, what, why do I do these? Stupidity. I... I have a view in life that you should never say no. And if someone asks you to do something, A, you shouldn't wait to be asked, you should just go and do it with them. But if someone asks you to do something, you should absolutely jump out and do it. And ASD, we we did the 312 together and neither of us had done quite enough training, but um, some chaps from Sky thought it'd be a good idea. So we jumped on the idea and I would sit there and say, if anyone ever gives you the chance to do it, run cycling 312 kilometers in one day and took 13 and a half hours was tremendous fun with the equivalent climb of Mont Blanc during and I didn't own a bicycle four months prior to that and oh such fun yeah. so just say yes to everything so I guess on that note what's next what are you saying yes to you next Ronnie? well that is a very good question um, hopefully uh, yes to parenthood would oh. be the thing I'm most oh. excited about we are 12 weeks as of a week ago so now 13 weeks uh, so fingers crossed the next two trimesters go well but and uh, the one thing here that is going to be very difficult is I'm a rational spoilt little child already so to now be looking after one I think is going to be an eye-opener to oh, say wow. the least um, early December very early yes December. yes exactly oh, um, wow. very good luck <laughs> It's a nerve-wracking time. On to the regular... This is the first time I hear about it. I'm, I'm very happy for you. Thank you very um, much. I, th- I think it'll be the first many people hear about it because uh, oh. it is literally one <laughs> week old news. Announcement for the um, podcast. But it is... I couldn't, news. I couldn't answer anything other than that for yeah. what next. No, it is, it's, well, it's, listen, it's a big adventure and it, and it will change your life. Yeah. Hopefully for the better. Um, I mean, you're both parents, um, and yeah. you're both yeah. nodding. So, oh, yeah, no, no, listen, a hundred percent. You're 200% all good, um, but changes you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, we're now onto the regular questions, which you'll have heard a million times because I know you are an avid listener. So, what is your favourite lyric or line from a poem or a book? Yeah, I was, I was going to be very deep and talk about uh, the post and democracy dies in darkness, uh, and I think that you know what Resonance is trying to do—that's really important. Uh, but really, it should be a Taylor Swift lyric. And it really should be a Taylor Swift <laughs> lyric. And it, probably what my wife says to me the most, you're a nightmare dressed as a daydream. And it is, um, it just makes me giggle every time I hear that lyric. Um, in effect, so I, can't, I, I may dress myself up as a wonderfully, lovely, charming, brilliant boy, but I'm possibly a bit lazy underneath. And um, she says she's not worried about getting divorced from me because no one else will no have me. <laughs> but you're a Taylor Swift 
Yes, I'm a big fan of hers. I think she does wonderful, wonderful music. Uh, and uh, her, her current boyfriend actually looks a lot like me. So um, so she might take you on if your wife... Yes, there, 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 is, there, there is that dream. But isn't this just going to be a boyfriend that's been organised by the label so she can break up with him and have... That's, that he is her next album. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that what happened? Actually, but that, you're spot on. And that's what is impressive. She actually writes her own lyrics and they are incredibly... Sassy, and I think that's just brilliant. Okay, I'm going to move you on from Taylor Swift now. Um, if you if you were if if you were a genie, what five commonly available objects would I have to put in a magic circle to summon you? Um, it's such a good question. Um, and having been listening to the podcast you, for a you, while, you've been thinking about it. Yeah, for a while. it has for months. Um, an old man pub. There's nothing better okay. than an old man pub. Uh, a Taylor Swift CD because. Uh, Do you want to name a pub? Um, we could probably, you know, the, acquire it. A, sh- a shout out, yeah. The uh, I spend a lot of money in it. I should, I should be acquiring it. Yeah. Uh, the Cross Keys on Endell Street, okay. um, I think, is great. And I think if you wanted food, Beaujolais, um, just south of Tottenham Court Road, okay. where, anywhere where the staff are rude, is where I yeah, am no, most that's happy. A good old fashioned criteria yes. for a restaurant. Yeah. Um, Taylor Swift album. Um, yeah. Which one? None of the new stuff. Uh, I must admit, I think. It's gone, it's gone off the boil now. She's gone off the boil, but I'll stay true. Uh, Guinness Book of Records 2012. Because if you can find a copy, <laughs> okay, then that's yep, genius. That was so yep. um, I'm she, sure there's one on eBay. Yeah. I, well, my family has probably put it on eBay. It's probably <laughs> signed by me in the front. Um, chinos. I don't own a pair of jeans or anything, so I am just a chinos, a chinos van. Um, and then finally, a slender tone belt. So you may not know what a slender tone belt is, um, but it is, in theory, electrocuted your abdomen to give you a six-pack. Yeah, no, I, of course I remember the ads. Um, I was one of the ads. No. Uh, I was paid £5,000 to go from being the, the tubby guy to the slim guy uh, in six weeks. Uh, and, this and so did you actually do it? In conjunction with a healthy diet and a, exor- and a healthy amount but of exercise. But obviously had to be legal, decent, honest and truthful. So you went through the transformation? Yes. So it and w- so it works? If you have a personal trainer daily and a dietitian okay. daily, then yes. So when was this? Uh, so is it not clearly recently? <laughs> um, it, was a, it was a couple of years ago now. Right. Um, and it was tremendously fun so there was no coffee no uh, red meats uh, you couldn't eat yeah, you after six no o'clock coffee. oh it's horrific no alcohol mm. three liters oh but it was great fun and then the ad went out in um ireland the us uk and france and at the time i was trying to hire a, a girl from um uh, from mindshare to come and work in our sales team and she got through the interviews and it was all going very well and then she went back to Paris to see her uh, mother and her mother had paused television to show her new man crush and there was me on the screen and she said I'm not coming to work for you anymore really? <laughs> and her career has gone on to much better things so well well done there um, but it, it was a very funny time it's, it's one of those just say yes uh, and we always take clients to a variety of things because I think it's important to spend time together and actually people are so busy nine to six that the only chance you get to see them is outside of outside of the office so we take people to exercise classes like so we're, so we're going to add the link to the when we send this round we'll add the link to the ad yeah i mean it's already had many thousands and thousands of impressions um albeit yeah. paid media um but yeah i'm and sure we can ins- make sure it go viral <laughs> Is what book or DVD or film have you given away the most um, or recommended? So, 
Agent Zigzag by Ben McIntyre. Um, ben McIntyre is a, a Times journalist who writes the most wonderful stories taking archives from, from the Second World War from all forms of government, British, Russian, uh, German, American, and reconstructs stories about spies that none of us ever knew about. And Zigzag is a story about uh, a Geordie gelatin gla- uh, gang uh, gangster who got arrested, put in Guernsey, defected to become a German spy, landed in London as a and then converted to be a British spy and no one ever quite knew whose side he was on and it's just a wonderful story and you wouldn't you couldn't believe it mm. was true other than the fact it is all based on archives amazing um, so if you could change we're going to give you a magic wand to change the industry in one way right now what would you do do you know what I love about this industry is it's constantly changing so it doesn't need my hand in a technological basis but where I do think we we let ourselves down is we are terrible at marketing ourselves to to the rest of the world i i remember university and i remember um the the law firms and the accountancy firms and the banks were all over us they sponsored every sports team every society uh, and this is this is an industry where you don't need a degree or you can have a phd and you'll have equal value and the opportunity is unbelievable there's so much fun but no one knows about it. And everyone I meet always says, I fell into media. Yeah. And we should be the prime Absolutely choice true. of an industry. And it's because we don't go out and... And it was true sort of when I started out 30 years ago, and it's still true today. In fact, I'm always a bit suspicious when people go, no, I always really wanted to work in media. And it's kind of like, really? <laughs> yeah. It, you, I mean, that means you you know someone. Yes. And it's such a good industry. Uh, you know, I, I, there's a guy called Tim Armu who left school at 16 and is running a, a business called Fanbytes that looks after Snapchat and TikTok. He's smashing it and yeah. he's, a, he's in his early 20s and then you've got people in their 40s starting businesses and you've yeah. got people who are quant analysts building very sophisticated technology and you've got other people who are just, just putting posters out on Instagram and then being an influencer. Mm. It's so cool yeah. what the variety that we can do. We should we should market ourselves and celebrate it. If we were to give you a billboard anywhere, where would you put it, and what would it say? I've thought about this one long and hard because this has been a question for a while, and I toed and froed between thinking something grandioso or um, thinking something personal uh, to me. And I have concluded, as we come into uh, Cannes in what two weeks' time, I'd like a uh, a poster on the front of uh, the. uh, the Can Hall, I forget what it's Quasette. called. Qua- yeah, on the Quasette. Uh, and it would be a picture of Heath Ledger. The Palais. The, yes, yeah. the Palais. Yeah. Uh, it would be a picture of Heath Ledger as the Joker yeah. and one of his quotes, which was, if you're good at something, never do it for free. Because I think there's a lot in the whole media industry where we do great work mm. and we do it for free. And if I think about websites who write great content and then allow readers to access that content for free with an ad blocker turned on. You're giving this stuff away. I think of the great work that agencies do and yet don't charge for it and they give it as part of the service. I think of the great tech that people have built and then don't necessarily get the value for it. I, I think we should start knowing what we're worth and charging for it. So if you're good at something, never do it for free. And the final question, which I know you know, is from the Toolkit for Careers from the School of Life. So I'm going to ask you to pick one of these three, read it out, and then answer it to finish us off, please. 
In an ideal world of the future, A, no one would need to work, B, a computer would tell you, um, tell you w with complete reliability what job you are most suited to. Which would you prefer? Oh dear, that's a tough question. I would like, I think part of the fun is discovering what is right for you. And mm. I think spending your 20s doing that is, is great because life is too long to just do one job your entire life. Um, but I also don't think uh, the idea of not working is such a good idea. So I love the idea of a universal pay to everyone and then giving you the opportunity to go off and do what you want. Uh, so I'm gonna go for option A and it's not that I don't want anyone to uh, not need to work but working for other reasons beyond financial needs and that can be uh, well-being satisfaction and the likes yeah. so in an ideal world uh, of the future no one would need to work for money but for pleasure and achievement very that's much. very good thank you Remy. thank you for your time pleasure guys thank you very much for a, a fun chat mm -hmm.